Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission to help you focus on Christ. So, episode 51, we're <laughs> talking about <laughs> describing Jesus. And how does the Bible describe Jesus, Jack? Well, uh, we have been talking about that for several episodes yeah. now, all the descriptive uh, things that are in, um, in the scriptures about Jesus. And we were talking about Good Shepherd. We are talking about, uh, you know, those kinds of um, things that focus us in on a specific characteristic, sure. perhaps, of Christ. But I think the two things to always remember is that he was every bit man as the Son of Man when he put on flesh, emptied himself, Philippians 2 says, and came to the earth to be a bond slave and to die on a cross for us. But he was always every bit God in deity. And that's right. of important essence of Jesus Christ, his deity. Okay. And there are groups of people who deny the deity of Christ. And if you deny the deity of Christ, then you deny Christ because you make him a different person. And now he can't be savior. Right. That's my very strong belief. Uh, but the way maybe I would start is uh, let's let's look at both of those and see if we can come up with a better understanding of exactly who Jesus is mm-hmm. and who he is to us. Uh, I, I start in Luke uh, and just look at the humanity of Christ and the fact that he came into this world. He was a part of history. In other words, Jesus Christ was a real person who lived and who died and who resurrected came to this earth. And a lot of people don't believe that. They don't believe that Jesus Christ actually came from heaven to earth. Well, if you read the scripture and believe in the, the um, inspiration of scripture, it says in the very opening part of the book of Luke, uh, that it seemed good to me, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account For you, O lover of God, that you may have certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. So the scripture is here to give us a certainty about what we learned in Sunday school, what we Mm -hmm. learned in church, what we learned from mom and dad who taught us about Jesus Christ, the certainty of it, that Jesus Christ came, that he lived, that he loved, that he um, healed, that he saved. Uh, all of these things actually, actually happened. So when you follow through on that, you will see in uh, the beginning chapters of Luke, first of all, uh, that he is called a baby. You all would agree with that, right? In other words, um, Jesus Christ came, was born of a virgin. And uh, in the 16th verse of the second chapter, it says... Um, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So here we see Jesus coming to the earth as a baby. And then if you move over to the uh, 40th verse of the second chapter, you'll see it says, and the child grew and uh, became strong, filled with wisdom and the favor of God. So now you see him in human development, going from a baby to a child. Uh, I think this is important, so just hang with me on it. Uh, Also, if you look at the 43rd verse, John, 
It says, and when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. Now we're seeing a boy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so once again, he's growing. And uh, then everybody knows this verse uh, in verse 52 of the second chapter. Uh, And it says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. I see a teenager. Mm -hmm. I see a young man now growing up in stature. So you see the human development of Jesus. He's come into the world. Uh, very, very specifically, if you look at a very familiar passage of Scripture, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. Everybody believes he was in history, right? Right. Caesar Augustus. And all the world should be registered. This was um, the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So specifically, we're talking about a man, Quirinius, who was the governor of Syria in that day. And uh, so you're seeing these people. Uh, if you go over to the third chapter, in the 15th year, very specific, of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Ituria, and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, Tetrarch of Abilene. My point is, you're seeing specific people in specific places at specific times, and Jesus is a part of that history. Jesus came as a man and developed as a human being, and uh, so he was every bit man. He's real. There you go. Okay. That's the first part. What do you have to give us your your brilliance? So, well, he was fully man right. and fully God. And the, and the Bible describes him in so many different ways. And I just want to list some of these off for you. And I'm going to read a couple of the descriptions of, of Jesus that are given to us in Revelation uh, and in the, the book of Ezekiel. So, Before you do that, yeah. let me kind of set that up for okay. you. Uh, in, in the 17th chapter, Jesus is praying. This is kind of the holy, holy of holies of the Bible, right? Okay. John 13 through 17. And we see him pray for himself. He prays for his disciples and he prays for the believers that would believe in him. So I think he's praying for us. Okay. And this is his prayer. This in is the his garden. prayer in the garden. But yeah, before his trial. Right. So you're hearing him pray. And uh, basically what he's saying is, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, here you go, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. So this Jesus is saying, glorify me once again, back to the place that I was before I put on flesh and came to the earth. So he existed with God before the beginning. And uh, if you look at the sort of the end of, of John 17, it says, O righteous father, even though the world does not know you, I know you and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them. Father, I desire whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see the glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. So I think to set you up to go into Revelation, 
you see Jesus in history coming, but you also see Jesus prehistory. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus Christ before the beginning, in time, coming to the earth, performing the work that God gave him to do to bring salvation, returning back to heaven and now glorified with God once again, and now reigning and ruling forever over all nations. Jack, this this brings me to a, a thought because, you know, Moses being raised an Egyptian, okay, mm-hmm. was really at best vaguely familiar with the faith of his fathers mm-hmm. because, you know, he was raised in the Egyptian court and they would have raised him under their belief system. And so when he's in the land of Midian and he sees the burning bush and he notices that it's not being consumed and he goes toward the bush and then the bush is speaking to him and then he sees God in the bush Mm -hmm. in human form, okay? And it says that he looks down, not because he's afraid of the fire, but because he does not want to see God, Okay, so he looks down and the voice says, take off your shoes for the place where you're standing is is holy ground. Okay, he goes through all of that. And now God is sending him back to Egypt. He said, I am the God of your fathers, Mm. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. That's like he's introducing himself to this. Wow. This shepherd who doesn't really know him. Okay, and then. Moses says, who shall I say when I go to see your people, who should I say is sending me? And the voice says to him, I am. And other, other ways of translating that are, I am the one who is, and I'm the one who causes all things to be. Mm, I like that. And, and on in that passage, God uses the I am as a first person name for himself. And he also uses the name Yahweh, which is the third person name for himself. So he's telling him, here's my name in three different ways. Mm. And the reason I'm telling you this is because you're talking about Jesus being before the foundation of the world. Here he is in the burning bush. And then in Revelation, what is what do they say about him? He is the one who was and is and, and is, is to come. come. He's, the, he's the one who causes all things to be. Um, you know, and, and the New Testament tells us that through him, everything that is created was created. Um, that's the Jesus we're mm-hmm. talking about. He's seen it all too, folks. And so th- I think th- this is why my favorite descriptor, the first one that comes out of Revelation, is he's the faithful witness. Mm-hmm. Okay? He's, I've seen it all, folks. <laughs> you know, he was there in the beginning. He's mm-hmm. there through it. He's there in the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega, which is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, the firstborn of the dead. He is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Who was, who is, and is to come. 
the Almighty. Now, here's the description. The Son of Man, clothed with a long robe, a golden sash around his chest, white hair like white wool, like snow, eyes like a flame of fire, feet like burnished bronze, and a voice like the roar of many waters. So, so many people today, when you have an image of Jesus in your mind, what do you see? What do you think of? Most people see a beard, long hair, robe, and sandals. He doesn't look like that anymore. Mm -mm. That's what he looked like when he was in the flesh. This is a description out of Revelation chapter 1 of what John saw when he was translated into heaven and uh, heard his voice. When he heard the voice of Jesus and saw him coming, he fell down on his face as if he was dead. Now, this would have been the best friend of Jesus, probably, right, John? Sure. Because he was laying on the on the chest of Jesus at the Last Supper, and he was called the one that Jesus loved or the one that loved Jesus. That's the way he describes himself in the Gospel of John. And when he sees Jesus in heaven, he is fearful and falls down as if he's dead. Of course, Jesus comes over in his grace and mercy and touches him and says, get up. But he is described as a, an almighty God in Revelation. And that's the way we probably need to see him mm-hmm. instead of uh, uh, only as the man who is here for a little over 33 years right. on this earth. Not only that, but there is going to be one phrase that everybody says when that day comes. Everybody. Everybody is going to say this thing first. You are the Christ. You are Lord. Because the Bible says every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. that Jesus is Lord. So he's Lord. He is Almighty God now. He is eternal in the heavens, ruling and reigning. And that image, white hair, bronze feet, you know, this powerful, mighty judge. That's who Jesus is now. I'm not going to spoil it because I want to talk about this next time. Because in our next episode, we're going to talk about um, Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Um, so you'll want to listen to that for a little little extra taste of, of this piece right here. So just going on in Revelation, it says, The Son of Man held seven stars in his right hand, a two-edged sword from his mouth, faced like the sun in full strength. Wow. You know? Uh, you ever, yeah, yeah, you ever like wake up from a nap or something and the light is bright or you step out into the sunlight and you're like squinting and blinking? Um, imagine that multiplied and that's what it's like to be in the presence of the face of Jesus. That's why we have to have right a new here. body. That's right. Um, and this is the critical part. He holds in his hand the keys of death and Hades. Ooh. So we don't have to be afraid of death right. or hell. Right. Right. Thank God. Um, he is the first and the last, the living one who died and is forevermore. Um, and then in Revelation 5, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the root of David. He is the lamb appearing as though slain with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. 
And then we jump to Revelation 19 and verse 11. And again, he's faithful and true. He judges and makes war. His eyes are like fire. He has diadems on his head. Crowns. Right. Mm -hmm. He has a name that only he knows. He's clothed in a robe dipped in blood. Why does that sound familiar? (laughs) The high priest on the Day of Atonement. Mm -hmm. When he goes in to the most holy place, he is covered in the blood of the the Lamb. (laughs) Jesus is dipped in his own blood. Um, What an amazing picture because, like we talked about, he is our high priest, Mm -hmm. not the high priest who has to make himself clean before he goes into the presence of God, but he's the high priest who makes us clean so that we can all stand in the presence Mm -hmm. of God. Mm -hmm. He is our atonement. He has a name that is the Word of God. Mm. And a name on his robe and on his thigh says, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, I want to jump to Ezekiel. If you want to look this up, this is in Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. And above the expanse over their heads was the likeness of a throne in the appearance like sapphire. And seated above the likeness of a throne was a likeness of a human appearance. And upward from what had the appearance of his waist, I saw, as it were, gleaming metal, like the appearance of fire enclosed all around. And downward from what had the appearance of his waist, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire, and there was brightness around him, like the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud on the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness all around. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord, and when I saw it, I fell on my face, face. and I heard the voice of one speaking. Um, he's so many things and he's come to us in so many ways. Yeah. The Bible says that there is no sun, moon or stars in heaven because the glory of God lights heaven. So there'll always be light, no darkness, because when you're in the presence of Jesus, presence of God, he is light. And I hope that, uh, you know, if we were to wrap that around, uh, that he is in us, the light of Christ mm-hmm. is in us, and then we shed his light abroad. And when we know him in, in all of those different characteristics of who he is, we know him as Savior, we know him as friend, we know him as Redeemer, and we know him as Victor, as Lord, as the one that conquered death and is victorious. So he is everything to us. He gives us spiritual life in this world to live a better life and to be a light to the world. And he gives us eternal life that is eternal in the heavens, new body to reign and rule with him forever and ever. So he is, uh, he is all of that son of man, son of God, alpha and omega beginning in the end and all things. And that's for our benefit, certainly for our benefit. It's overwhelming. It's amazing. Truly. Folks, I hope that you 
find that what we've talked about today is just a taste. I mean, just a tip of the iceberg. Um, I encourage you to dive into these passages and dive into other scriptures. Um, consume Jesus um, because he wants to be part of you. He has made himself known. Yeah. It's amazing that we might know him and know the Father. It's amazing, isn't it, John? Wow. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Please reach out to us. Um, we'll see you.